Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Monumental Podcast, a show where we discuss the very best of the best of a variety of topics. I'm your host, Nicholas Bassett, and I have here with me a panel of experts. If you guys want to introduce yourselves, well, don't everyone jump at once. <laughs> we're just we're from Iowa, so we're just way too polite to interrupt each other. Well, why don't you go first, then? Well, I'm Kyle. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Luke. And and this is our first time doing any of this, so bear with us. Uh, but um, So here's how the show works. Uh, for every episode, we'll choose our Mount Rushmore of certain topics and share and discuss. Now, regardless how you feel about the monument itself, someone thought a long time ago that these four presidents were great enough to have their heads carved into a mountainside. So for every episode, we'll go through the topic that we pick, and basically the topic that we pick, uh, what deserves to be carved into the mountainside, our top four. And then we'll mention, uh, maybe I will, might mention an uh, honorable mention near the end of the show. Uh, so for this episode, we're discussing who is on your Mount Rushmore of movie universes. Um, we only had really one qualification for this topic, and that was uh, the movie had to have at least two movies in the franchises. So movies like the Mike Dune and um, uh, uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey uh, did not qualify for this topic. Uh, so as your host, I will, reveal my, I will reveal my list last, and we'll go down the line and share our heads one at a time and discuss as needed. But how we'll choose uh, who goes first every week is, as I have assigned our panel uh, members, a number and I, with, a, with a D4, and uh, I will roll to see who goes first. So... Uh, Luke, you're all right. Um, we're going to go down and go one ahead at a time. So share, share one and then we'll go and then we'll, you can pick someone else to go or we'll just have someone jump in, but we're going to share one at a time. All right. So my number one head is star Wars. It's mm. hands down. One of my favorite series of movies and regardless of how you feel about the prequels and the sequel trilogies, I think the storytelling and the general atmosphere that is created in Star Wars, just it's second to none, in my opinion. Does anybody not have Star Wars on their list? I totally have Star Wars on my list. I mean, it's Star Wars. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's, been, it's been going since, what, the 70s when it got released? George Lucas yeah, wrote the screenplay and everything. Like, Yeah, the first, the first real... <laughs> The first release of the of the of the Star Wars uh, was released in 1977. So, um, I believe it's been um, it's probably the one that's been around the longest on on our lists, most likely. It, it's, All right, it's number one on my list as well. I mean, it gave us lightsabers too. John, it is on my list. All right, everybody passed the friendship test. I, I, can, <laughs> I can keep associating with you. This is good news. <laughs> I mean, like it might be a cliche pick, but you just can't deny how in-depth, how unique, how expansive, how magical just the, just the universe is. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, and if we're just talking about like the, the, the films itself, you know, the universe is great, but then, then, you got, then you dive into the books and the TV shows and everything. And it just the the expansive universe is is second to none. Mm -hmm. I would just like to say the prequel trilogies are great. Give it a second chance. Absolutely, I, I don't disagree with that. 
Mm-hmm. I'd agree with that. I don't yeah. like the I'm, Disney uh, adaptations, though. The, the Disney adaptations, they, they have their moments and they have their, their then they definitely have their flaws. Um, I think a lot of the problems with their, with the, with the, the uh, Disney adaptations is they tried to do a lot of, lot of fan service, I think, instead of just sticking to their, sticking to what made the stories great in the first place was just telling the story. Well, yeah, I, they focus a little too hard on like the flashiness. So like they are like they have some great action scenes in those movies, but I just think the story that they are trying to tell with this new trilogy is kind of like the dump I took earlier. <laughs> Graphic, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you, it took a while. Nah, no. Well, I, my personal feelings about the sequels are that they kind of reduced the success of Star Wars, Star Wars to a formula, and they tried to incorporate all of those elements. So good guys versus bad guys, really cool laser fights, you know, unnamed characters or very uh, selectively explored characters like Captain Phasma, who don't get a ton of screen time, but were kind of expected to be fleshed out in the expanded universe. So they're trying to give themselves room to grow and trying to recapture the magic that was like characters like Boba Fett and Lando Calrissian. Um, so I, I see the sequel trilogy as kind of a money grab, but it's Star Wars. I love it. So <laughs> I, I, saw, I saw a meme on, on Twitter the other day where it said, normalize uh, Star Wars stories that aren't universe, the universe in peril, like, um, like, uh, like the Mandalorian. Like, I know that's a TV show, but, you know, the universe isn't at stake with that storyline. Yeah. Um, the, the, the Han Solo film, the universe isn't at stake with that storyline. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of cool stories that could be told with, um, you know, non, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but the, the, the word, everything's not in, in constant jeopardy. Like non-chaotic. Like re- yeah. retreading the rebellion versus empire with another <laughs> big super Correct. weapon that's bigger than the last one. Correct. All right. Uh, John, do you want to share your second head? <clears throat> okay, so I'm going to get one of the bigger elephants out of the room, and it's uh, it's Marvel. Um, they have been able to just tie in all these different characters with just an interlaced story coming up to these, you know, <clears throat> almost like a super film with, like, you know, Infinity War, Endgame, that whole thing. It's just... It's just... It's like a... It's Michael Bay meets a universe. Michael Bay explosions, <laughs> everything you want. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's that's what I'm going with. It it brings interest into each film because they're mm-hmm. tied to the last. And does anybody not have the Marvel Cinematic Universe on their list? I did not put the Marvel Cinematic Universe on my list, and it's not because I don't think it deserves to be on there. Uh, with my list, I tried the absolute hardest to stay away from anything that source material was like books or graphic novels or comic books and try to keep it stuff that was legitimately screenplays and stuff that was, was made to be a movie and a movie universe. So okay. I didn't okay. include the MCU in, but uh, even though, as you guys are well aware, because you know how opinionated I can be, but our audience does not know. I, you know, I'm not really an MCU guy. You know, I, I like Ant-Man. 
I liked Infinity War. That's that's really about it. You know, I, I didn't like a whole bunch of those movies, but I do think they did a great job on uh, telling the story and actually creating a universe. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I can and I can respect that. Infinity um, wasn't in my in my top four, but it, it's interesting. Um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe definitely is in my is in mine. Um, just for how I think I think I went for most cultural culturally impactful with um, my movie universes because you know you see Star Wars everywhere, you see Marvel everywhere. I mean, they started with Iron Man back in two thousand eight, and they had this plan, and it it almost went through. It almost their plan almost went through the floor. Uh, with how much of a bomb the Incredible Hulk was, and but they were still able to pull it out of their ass, and still able to pull off one of the greatest film franchises of all time. Regardless how you feel about the movies or not, it's it's hard to deny that these that this this company was able to pull off this this um, amazing story uh, with the culmination that was Endgame. I mean, the end, you know, the um, end game may be one of the most um, uh, oh shit. What's the what's the meme I'm thinking of? The crossover one. Uh, you're talking about the two beefy arms shaking from uh, Alien. The Not most, Alien. Uh, the, most the most ambitious the most, crossover of all time. Yes, the most ambitious crossover of all time, and and that that's that's definitely a meme thing. But it's but Infinity War and Endgame. I mean, I mean. Name name another film that has that many A list actors in it. Uh, Super Mario Brothers the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not wrong. It's I mean, if, if, if we're, we're going to argue something like that, I would argue like Ocean's Eleven. But beyond <laughs> that, or potentially like even oh god, I can't even say. I mean, maybe Expendables. You could argue A B list. For for me, if if we had if there were five heads on Mount Rushmore, Marvel would be my five. Well, we'll get into uh, potential five later, though. Mm-hmm. But, but but like I, I can I can't I, I don't like but when when we're talking like when we're talking like culturally impactful, I mean you see you see Marvel in you see Marvel in media everywhere. You see the TV everywhere. I mean it's just this big this this universe that has been has been established and i know it was established through um comic books and stuff but at the same time like you know with comic every single comic book has their different universes and luke you're more of a you're more in, in the comic books than i am um but the um each like lots of lots of different comics have you know these different spread out of universes so the cinematic film universe is their own is its own universe in this mm-hmm. in the Marvel storyline. And to give a footnote to that pick, I based my 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 Mount Rushmore off of movie universes that I enjoy. I wasn't get, taking anything else into consideration. It was that, just my movie, my the ones that I enjoy. And that was my take mine. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, same here. I try to make my my Mount Rushmore, not your Mount Rushmore. That's right. I, I, <laughs> and I and I didn't and I enjoy all the ones on my list. I enjoy. And I did it out of my, I did it for my enjoyment. But I feel like, I feel like the ones that I picked, you know, it's, it's pretty basic, but you know, most culturally impactful. 
I mean, sure. we all pick yeah. Star Wars, so we <laughs> understand. Well, and so MCU was on my uh, mountain as well. Uh, mostly, be, I, I enjoyed the films. You know, they're flashy, and you get to see actors that you like doing silly things. But um, it's on there for me because of the way the story was told. It is the modern equivalent of an epic, just how many plot lines they had to keep straight so they could end up with an infinity war just blows my mind. Mm. Um, and it's being taken into consideration for, you know, my other favorite franchises going forward. I think we're going to see a lot more attention paid to overarching connectivity within storytelling. So it just kind of laid the framework for that going forward, I think. And that's why it made my list. Okay. I would like um, to shed light real quick on something, just to appreciate a little fact about the MCU. Can we appreciate that Thomas the Tank Engine is in the MCU? Because in Ant-Man, <laughs> they have the Thomas the Tank Engine toy they blow up real big. I was, I was crying like when they did that. Thomas the Tank in Avengers 5 confirmed. Diesel's <laughs> <laughs> gone too far. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You see them uh, um, um, like us. Uh, no, not Sinestro. That's DC. Like another big from the Marvel universe, standing on the back on the on a track with his giant super weapon. And here comes fucking the Hulk riding Thomas the Tank Engine, full speed down the track. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I didn't even have goosebumps talking about that. So <laughs> if someone wants to animate that for us and uh, send it in to us, uh, uh, you can. Um, Find me at, Nick, at at Nicholas Bassett with one T on Twitter. Um, Kyle, so you said that the Marvel Cinematic Universe was not on your list. Um, can you maybe touch on a film that you think may not be on the rest of our list? Oh, my whole list is filled with stuff that I don't think is on your guys' list. Not to be oh. like conceited, but <laughs> I went rogue. <laughs> That's okay. So you, I'm, I'm, I'm all about that. So you had Star Wars on there. I had Star Wars. That was my most cliche pick. Uh, I'm going to say, so the first head I'm going to put on my Mount Rushmore is the uh, Freddy versus Jason universe. Mm, wow. Yeah. I, I've can, I consider that too as, as part of mine, mine as well, because that one's, that one's extremely culturally impactful. Yeah, it really is. And what's crazy about when they finally crossed over Freddy versus Jason is, you know, they were two different franchises. And then at the end of uh, Jason goes to hell at the end, you know, they defeat Jason like the end of every Friday the 13th movie. And, you know, you see Freddy's claws come out the dirt and grab him. And they hint at this in like 1993. And uh, in 2003, 10 years later, we finally get Freddy versus Jason. And this is actually, like, one of the biggest, like, universe mergers of all time. If we're talking about just, like, the catalog of the movies that are available, because these are 16 movies that all of a sudden got roped together into one universe here. Hmm. I like that pick, Kyle, actually. I really like that pick. Um, yeah, that's a nice one. Was, have, was there any, at the time, like, in 2003, when, was, is that when you said Jason, uh, Jason versus Freddy came out? Yeah, uh, Freddy versus Jason came out in 2003. Had, you know, we were relatively young back then, but you know, had there any been any real big movie franchise merger back then? 
it, all like oddball stuff like you know casper meets wendy and stuff like that <laughs> like you know it just like not as big of a merger as that was and like you know it was just like you know one-off movies that they're just like oh let's throw these guys together and you know they can mm-hmm. they can do some stupid crap no one cares about and you know they and they they made that film and that that opens up you know potential potentially you know further uh to further storytelling you know of the freddy versus jason universe i well, mean that's- there's been like i believe and don't quote me on this i believe there's been comics after where they like even throw ash from the evil dead in wow i'm I a horror movie know- guy here all right i did <laughs> not know that and also that's a that's another that's another film universe that i didn't put on my list that i really like uh the the uh ash the the evil dead evil dead universe Oh, that's a fun one. Oh, extremely funny. Mm. Fun uh, movie franchise, I think. Yeah, um, very interesting, like, B-movie, but we'll get into Evil Dead at a different time. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, like, essentially what I really like about, and one of the bigger reasons why I picked Freddy vs. Jason is on my Mount Rushmore, I need I need something that's horror. I, I love slasher films. Like I, I've always loved them. Uh, ever since I saw uh, 1970s Halloween, you know, like Michael Myers, and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. my one of my favorite actresses of all time, Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've just like fell in love with the genre. Even like, uh, oh, what's that darn movie? There was like this first one uh, called "The Town That Dreaded Twilight" or "Midnight." Freaky Friday. <laughs> you say Freaky Friday. <laughs> the most bloody. So the bloodiest. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but uh, you know, includes evil entities. I believe that belongs on Mount Rushmore, right there for me. Okay, I respect that. Um. So, uh, Chris. Uh, yeah. You want to reveal one of your heads? So we've, we've touched on Star Wars, of course. Um, I feel like it would be amiss if we did not touch on my number two, Lord of the Rings. Um, that's, yes, that, that's, that's, that's on, my, on my list as well. I mean, it, it was tough deciding. I, I, I can't put... It was hard to put Star Wars above Lord of the Rings. They're essentially equal for me. Um, I mean, both both movie franchises were so impactful for me growing up. Um, I think like Lord of the Rings really just set the foundation for my love of fantasy. Um, seeing Legolas, Legolas, uh, shield surfing, killing orcs with his bow. Um, I don't know. Struck a chord with me, I guess. Um, and I don't know. I've always liked, how Tolkien handles elves in his universe. Kind of the almost otherworldly immortal figures. Um, I like I like seeing the, the struggle of men in the trilogy and seeing them triumph in the end. But I, I, I agree. I, that's um, Lord of the Rings is on my as on mine too. And you know, I'm going for like cult and again I said my I'm going for culturally impactful for mine, and you know and you see these moments from Lord of the Rings in all sorts of media. Because I know this is a very obscure reference, 
but there is an episode of Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. And I, don't know anyone, <laughs> I don't know if anyone's seen this show or not, but there's an episode where um, they get this really bad friend out of the house and they want to bring, and there's a group that wants to bring her back and the friends try to keep her from coming back into the house. And the entire ref, the entire episode is a reference to the battle of Helm's deep. Mm-hmm. And you can, and so like, it, 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 it's a great Wonderful. episode. It's a good, it's a good show. But like you see these, you see these references to the Lord of the Rings and everything. Um, yep. So I, I, I would completely agree with that, you know, and I like, and I like what you said about how Tolkien uh, handles elves because, you know, the elves from Lord of the Rings are basically the elves in Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, and Dungeons and Dragons, let's, let's, let's face it, it's probably one of the biggest, uh, you know, role-playing games to ever been created. And, yeah. and it's, it, the Lord of the Rings really kind of, I think helped, helped push that, push that, that game forward. Um, it really started bringing fan- the fantasy genre more mainstream, even before Game of Thrones did it, and then mm-hmm. Crash Burned. I mean, it's one of like the first just major fantasy series. I, I think there is just one called Fantasies that's spelt with like a PH. And we're talking about like this, like the novel wise, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, then obviously. Uh, the Hobbit got released and Lord of the Rings got released and, you know, it just, you know, like we're saying, it expanded the fantasy universe. I mean, honestly, without stuff like Lord of the Rings, we probably would have never gotten Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. I would agree. John, is, is Lord of the Rings on your list? It is not. Wow. Any, any reason hmm. why? Uh, I just had, so, I mean, so far I've had Star Wars and Marvel. I had two other ones that, I just kind of edge it out in a way for like personally me. I really enjoy the Lord of the Rings films. It just didn't make my top four. Okay. okay. And uh, John, what's it like waking up every morning and being wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing, but it, it's not on mine either. But I already said my reasons. Um, I, 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 I put another big reason I put Lord of the Rings on my list is just. For the just for the fact that how th- this film franchise was a, a film that I bonded that I bond over my dad with my dad over with like a ton because whenever it's on TV we'll watch it together and it's just or when or we'll we'll sit down and we'll watch it together because we him and I just love the the epicness of 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 the sh- of the movie we love being able to reference it all the time um, and it's just one of these films that these film franchises that I I've, I've bonded over. I've bonded with him over more than any other, any other thing on my list, which is pretty big considering how, how big Marvel is, how big star Wars is. Um, but like the, the, in the third film in return of the King, you know, the grand size of these battles in these, in this film is just, was just incredible. And then the, the feat of filmmaking and, and everything that Peter Jackson did with these films uh, was just incredible. The arrival of Rohan at Minas Tirith. The 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 ride, the ride of Rohirrim gives me goosebumps every single time I watch it. I'm getting goosebumps right now talking about it. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, my mm-hmm. biggest goosebumps moment with that, that series is when the Ents decide that they're going to war. Uh, yeah. It's me every oh. time. I love that. And I would also just like to say, if that soundtrack doesn't get you hype and send chills down your bones, get out of my face. Yep. It's so damn good. The soundtrack, you know, we're not, and we haven't even mentioned soundtracks on any of our films yet. You know, mm. all these have great music in them. Oh, Star yeah. Wars especially. I mean, like, I, the fact that they went with, like, uh, an orchestral instead of, like, a sci-fi uh, soundtrack was such a good decision that mm-hmm. I don't even know how they decided to go that route because you'd think they'd make it all sci-fi sounding. They're like, nope, we're not going that. I, I can just take Star Wars or Lord of the Rings, put the entire soundtrack on shuffle and just listen to it and <laughs> not even skip one. Um, uh, Luke, was, uh, was Lord of the Rings on your list? Oh, definitely. Uh, I love it for, you know, all the aforementioned reasons. Um, but one of the things that I love the most about it is I I love it when source material gets really into one thing. And I my takeaway on the source material for Lord of the Rings is it's Tolkien's just kind of deep dive into how languages work and how that impacts storytelling. And to get that, I don't know, there's just a ton of nuance that goes with it. And then Peter Jackson comes in and he takes that and he does his best putting it up on the screen. And the fact that that reached so many people and we were all looking at it, we were all going, hell yeah, man. Mm. Yeah, that's why it's up there for me. Gotcha. got a lot of people to read the books as well. Hmm. Yeah, it, it got me to read the books. I, I've read, I've read them a few times, and um, and I, and because I watched the movies. Um, quick poll, um, for the group for about the about the uh the Lord of the Rings franchise. Um, how do we feel about the Hobbit and that series of being made into three films? So, I described it like this to someone once. Um, the Lord of the Rings. Imagine looking at like this beautiful big gorgeous tree that's been growing for years and you know it's just this extravagant breathtaking piece of nature and the hobbit is just someone standing next to it taking a piss <laughs> oh <laughs> that's <laughs> that oh sorry like no that, that I... should not have been three films and they just weren't well done yeah. I would, I would, I would disagree on the desolation of smog. I really, I really enjoyed the desolation of smog, specifically for the entire sequence between, um, uh, um, Bilbo and smog. Just the the way, the way Benedict Cumberbatch portrayed the dragon, and the way he talked, and the way he moved, and and the motion capture that he went through. Um, I really enjoyed the second film. I okay. will say I will say I did not enjoy the third film like I thought I would. The battle was really cool and everything, but I I just didn't enjoy it like I thought I would. Well, like the battle itself, I think uh in the actual book The Hobbit, I think it's only like a chapter to most. Yeah. It's it's just way too drawn out, which is my biggest issue with these movies. It's just too drawn out. Oh yeah, you're trying to input just a ton of material that wasn't particular. It, it's necessary to the Lord of the Rings universe, 
And, you know, it's found in the appendices and all that good stuff, but it's not the Hobbit. Mm -hmm. And that, that, that's what really tripped it up for me. I hear the extended editions are watchable, but I, I watched each movie once and then I put it up because I mean, the Hobbit was the first book that I ever read for myself. Like, I mean, there were some pictures in the edition that I read, but it was like my first big boy book or big person book. Uh, and so it holds a really special place in my heart. And then when they came out and I'm like, all right, cool, they're making The Hobbit. It's going to be a trilogy. Oh, boy, I wonder how they're going to do that. Hey, look at all these cool fight scenes. That's not what this is about. I'm going home. Yeah. I'm yeah. with um, it there, Luke. It, it definitely, to echo, did not need to be stretched into three films. Um, I, I could definitely I can, see... I can I personally find I can personally find enjoyment in watching them, but not considering them a a true adaptation of the Hobbit. If I just look at them as, hey, these are these are fan films made with Lord of the Rings characters. <laughs> you don't need to if if you try not to ask why Legolas is there, it's, can, or or why uh, <laughs> Killy has that uh, love interest that was never even brought up in the first place in the book. Yeah. And, and like, if, you watch the they, if you watch them for what they are, you can. I personally can find some enjoyment, but yeah, as a as a true adaptation, I don't. No, so I, I I've never read the Hobbit the book as the book that was the only that's the only one of the uh, the franchise I haven't read. And when I first saw those movies, I had no idea that. There was no love interest. I had no idea that there wasn't a um, that Legolas was not in it. So I was just so when when people told me these things, it, it definitely changed my perception on the films. And to me, you know, one of the biggest critiques I've I've heard about Tolkien's work is just the appalling lack of women, and I think that's something they tried to address with the love story. But if you're trying to just include more badass women that are advancing the plot and everything, don't just write them off as a love interest. That's yeah. unnecessary. And to just take the source material and uh, I've got, there I've got is, strong opinions on this one. <laughs> that's, that's why we're here. That's why we're here. I, uh, it just bothers me a lot. <laughs> we could have an entire episode of this. <laughs> yeah, can that be our next episode? What's wrong with the Hobbit? The Mount Rushmore of why we don't like this movie. <laughs> okay, so, so, kind of going back into going back into strong female characters here. I think that's why. I think that's a. Uh, I think that's what what the Marvel Cinematic Universe got right is is they didn't force they didn't force these strong female characters into a film. They they were they they naturally appeared. Um. And they 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 were naturally strong on their own, and it wasn't uh, and it, and you know there wasn't uh, a need for them to be to fall in love with a man or anything like that. Because um, like Shiri and um, I think that's her name, or is it Siri? It's either Shiri or Siri, I can't remember. Um, from the Black Panther, you know, she's a strong fighter. She's smart. She's the smartest person in Wakanda, and she was. A naturally occurring story uh, uh, character. She wasn't thrust into the film right. because the people demanded it. So I, th I think her name is Shuri. Shuri, thank you. Um, but you know, let's call a spade a spade. It Gwyneth Paltrow's character Pepper Potts. 
love and, interest for Tony Stark had way more screen time in the Avengers series as a whole than Shuri ever did. And yeah. it's and that's where and that's where I think that's and I and I that's where I agree with you on on, on a small part because I mean what had at the time though what had more films Iron Man or Black Panther Black Panther was the second tell was either was the was the last film to come out before Infinity War I thought so, uh, was, I thought Captain Marvel was the last one it came you're, out you're, no that was um I oh, thought that Civil was War. Civil War that was in Civil War well regardless um and uh, Captain Marvel was the last film to come out before Endgame um but regardless you know when the pouch more more stream time because there were more Iron Man films before Black Panther. Yeah, I I just if we're looking I uh, this this is such a sticky topic and I'm sorry that I've angled us into this corner. No, it's okay. It's okay. Um If we, we don't have to talk about it if we don't want it. We can go on to skip. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit this the, the skip button on this one. <laughs> All right, uh, group therapy session after the podcast. Okay. <laughs> Wait, where did the Marvel movies touch you? This isn't the group therapy session. Um, I'll come back later. <laughs> John, I feel like there's a film list on your on your list that you may have that the rest of us don't. I think I at least have one. Um, and that's where I'm going to bring up Pirates of the Caribbean. I nice. knew it. Yeah. <laughs> I would be and disappointed was, if John didn't have that on his list. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Basically, it comes down to uh, in high school, I took somewhat of an interest in like pirate lore. And subsequently, around the same time, Pirates of the Caribbean came out. And just very much so that tickled that curiosity in my mind and... I very much enjoyed how those films were done um, for the most part. So that's, but the idea of just a pirate universe, you know, battling, you know, the East India trading company is just, yeah. And I agree with you, John. I agree that uh, it definitely deserves a place on a Mount Rushmore. Like they were very well made when it came to lore. Granted by the end of it, I was kind of like, all right, Johnny Depp. Yep. It's a little sick of you at this Wait, point. Wait, you're but... sick of Johnny Depp? Oh, I know. How could I ever be sick of Johnny I mean, if you, Depp if you wanted to say you were, if you were sick of Orlando Bloom and Kira Knightley, I wouldn't understand that. I am <laughs> never sick of Johnny Depp's portrayal. <laughs> I would agree that, you know, that's a good, that one, that one just edged out my, that one just edged out my honorable mention that we'll get into here in a little bit. Um, I, the you know we talk about talk about storytelling and everything and i and the storytelling and that was very well done um uh in the culmination of the third film in the third film uh with the final pirate battle between uh davy jones and everybody it was it's just a really a really good uh way to end the film a uh, film franchise i think that's where they should have left it i don't necessarily enjoy the other two uh, that have come out we don't talk about the other two <laughs> I- they're the Hobbit of the Pirates <laughs> the Caribbean franchise. I never I, knew I why they brought Legolas in the next in the next Pirates movies. It just didn't make sense. <laughs> so what 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 uh, what's your positives for the I, following movies, John? 
I just think they take it from a different angle. It gets it away from this. And granted, the Davy Jones arc required a love story. Just the mm-hmm. the lore of that is, you know, a heart for hearts. There needs to be a captain, that kind of thing. So there needed to be a love story in that. You know, and most films do. Yeah, correct. But that like the the vehicle which they were based in the movie, they're the second and third movies off of. It required it. So in the fourth movie, it was less. Well, I guess there was a love interest in that as well, but it was more of a another arc around another pirate's tale. And and again, that's the reason I enjoy these movies, because of the central arcing pirate theme. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it got away from that arc and did something completely different is what I enjoyed about it. I'm not very critical of movies, and <laughs> I think that's been well expressed. So... I don't know. And you're allowed to, you're allowed to like your film you're allowed to like your film and then there's nothing wrong with that. Um uh, I think I think my one problem with the third film was it was very very predictable because mm-hmm. I remember going I remember going into the film watching the film and I and I and I was mouthing and I had never seen the film and I was mouthing the words along with the characters because I knew what they were going to say. Mhm. I remember like going to the midnight release of like all those because like when the first one got announced, we were getting like excited for it, and then liking that movie, so I saw Dead Man's Chest midnight, and of course I had to see the third one at midnight too because I just saw the last two at midnight as well. I mean, I agree with John; these are like good movies. Yes, I also agree with Nick that they're also very predictable at times, but I don't know. I thought they were fun. They were, you know, they're just a nice watch. And when you when you say fun, I mean at the at the end of the day, isn't that what a a movie really is? It's just you is to go to it to be entertained. Yeah, you can still Absolute. escape into a predictable world. Absolutely not. It needs to hold a mirror up to society. <laughs> <laughs> it's a chance to examine your values. The Super Mario <laughs> Brothers is a damn good movie. Yeah. It stands on its own legs. <laughs> Oh man! Okay. Kyle, Kyle's true trilogy: just watching the Super Mario Brothers movie three times. Three times. <laughs> <laughs> you take something new away every single time. That's that's, that's all his Mount Rushmore is 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 the um is the uh uh, uh the Super Mario Brothers four times. Yep. <laughs> I mean, like, if you put President Koopa on Mount Rushmore, you'd probably think it was Trump. <laughs> they look identical. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to get political. I'm just saying, like they look identical. It's uncanny. There's going to be some sort of biography that comes out surrounding the making of the Super Mario TV series, and President Koopa will have been based on Donald Trump. <laughs> we're going to build a wall, and we're going to make the Mushroom Kingdom pay for it. <laughs> Uh, real quick question though, John, about uh, those Pirates Caribbean movies. Isn't it, it was either the second or third movie? There's like a battle in one of them where they like took an entire month just like recording it, and they all just said like, "We have just been soaking wet for a month straight." Mm. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise. I again, not super well versed. I yeah, I I do vaguely remember something like that. I got to imagine shooting that type of movie is just would suck it. Mm-hmm. I, I'd assume it would kind of fall in line almost, almost with like the Marvel stuff with like, I've been in a latex suit for 18 hours 
and I've been yeah. sweating my nuts off. And but I mean, have you been wet with like seawater for even six hours? You, you just this film gets on your skin and. Ugh. I I wrote so um, I I rode my 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 hand cycle in the rain last year. Uh, it was like a it was like a, a nine hour day in the rain constantly, and I hated that all day long. I was miserable at the end of the day. I cannot imagine being that wet being for for two weeks straight. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, to put it this way, Orlando Bloom, like, didn't he, like, just back-to-back did Lord of the Rings, Empire's Caribbean, and since those two trilogies came out, he really hasn't done anything? Yeah. Um, Time to to check on that. Yeah, someone hit up the IMDb. I don't really know. Give me a minute. I feel like we haven't seen much of him since. And, like, I mean, obviously, after those monumental films, like, for cash, you're good, but I just believe like the amount of work that you had to put in to make those movies would just be so tiring that it's like, I don't want to... I, I want to go home. <laughs> it was apparently in Dead Men Tell No Tales. Um, he's done... Let's see, he was in The Hobbit. Yeah, I think that's all I've really seen him is, is just like he, cameos for those movies. Right. So he did one, two, three, four... Up until 2020, he's done five films. There you go. Nice. Doesn't really need to do films because no, he's set. Yep. Just has to show up as Legolas and you know what? There, the one thing I'm not. Maybe this was before. <laughs> I'm. You know what? I'm not seeing. Oh no. Okay, it's under his TV. He was on a couple TV shows, including <laughs> um, Tour to Pharmacy, Stairway to Stardom, and Carnival Row. Hmm. Interesting. Tour de Pharmacy, funniest mockumentary ever. Do not at me. <laughs> okay, so let's get back on the topic here. Um, mm-hmm. Is there so so far? So far, um, who think so? Um, where are we? Kyle, I know the ones. Here. Let's let's hear another one of yours here. Who's? Here's Kyle. Oh, sorry. You uh, cut out a little bit. So I'm going to go with uh, (laughs) Quentin Tarantino's universe. And this is why. I didn't even think about that. Because first off, like these take place in the real world. Like, I think the real world's pretty cool. This is a pretty ill place. Secondly, like it's such a subtle connection that ties it all together that I believe like us as movie watchers, we pay attention to things like that. And it's just like simple things in his universe, like red apple cigarettes or big kahuna burger. Mm -hmm. Or like uh, how, what John Travolta's character is related to one of the characters off reservoir dogs. Just very subtle things, but the movies themselves are all just, standalone besides for you know kill bill one and two but if you don't watch kill bill one and two back to back get out of my face (laughs) but they're all just great standalone films that just have these subtle little things that tie them all together and i think that itself allows it to be on my mount rushmore Hmm. Hmm. i like that the easter eggs um so as someone that hasn't seen like all the 
all the Quentin Tarantino films uh, all together. So, so the 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 theory, or it's actually based all in the same universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> I thought you were going somewhere with that. I thought I had, I thought I had said. Got him. Podcast over. I was asking the question, like, these all take place in the same universe. Yeah, there might be a couple discrepancies that I just haven't dived enough in. But like I said, it's just, like, subtle little things in their universe that, like, you know, like, the Red Apple cigarettes are, like, one of the big ones. Is That's, like, the cigarette they all smoke in those movies. So, so hold up, Kyle. What what would your like carving look like then to represent? Is it just Quentin Tarantino's face? Yeah, it's just face? Quentin Tarantino's face. Okay. <laughs> you know, actually, you know what? For for Quentin Tarantino, uh, the carving is just a big old foot. <laughs> In case you do not know, Quentin Tar- Quentin Tarantino has a huge foot fetish, and in a lot of his films, there was some like weird foot scene. <laughs> Good for him. Foot fetish podcast. <laughs> I will not be joining that podcast. Okay. <laughs> it's too um, late. Let's see Rex Ryan. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna reference a film uh, franchise here that I feel like that that no one else has mentioned yet. Um, um, it's again, it's not it's it's films I enjoy. It's a film franchise I enjoy, but again, I kind of went for culturally impactful, and that would be the Harry Potter universe. The, mm-hmm. Oh um, yeah, all about that. I mean, it's, I, I kind of forgot. I don't know what I'd put on there. Yeah, it, <laughs> I mean, we're going for culturally impactful. I mean, I mean, Harry Potter is probably, you know, the film, the the, the books. Yes, you know, we we talk about the books all day long, but you know, for people that don't necessarily read or like to read, you have the film franchise, and and that gets people into reading the books and getting it, reading into the lore of of the Wizarding World. And, you know, what, you know, Star Wars has their own theme park. The, uh, Marvel has their own theme park. Harry Potter has their own theme park. I mean, these, these, this, this, this film franchise is, is so culturally impactful. You know, you have, again, we talk about, you know, references in other media and things like that. And, and that's why it, it's, that why, that's why it's, it's my four, it's the fourth head on my list. I mean, simply put, you ask anybody who loves those uh, movies what house they're in, they know. Yeah. <laughs> They'll give you two different options from the two different quizzes that there are. Oh, exactly. <laughs> so, so, really quick, so really quick poll again. Uh, well, not poll, so we're going to go through. So what house are you in, Kyle? Uh, I am Ravenclaw, but I also had the choice to pick between Ravenclaw and Slytherin. Okay. Mm. John, what house are you in? I have not taken the quiz and do not know. <laughs> I believe we once disagreed that you just uh, associated as a muggle. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. John, John's a muggle. Uh, uh, Chris. I, I am a Slytherin, a uh, close second of Ravenclaw. Luke. I am just straight up Gryffindor. And I am a Hufflepuff. <laughs> <laughs> Potato. Potato. um but like but you know this is also a film franchise that i would like to see you know standalone film standalone films expand on a little more you know kind of like how i talked about how star wars films have these you know the universe peril peril only only things Mm -hmm. um and i would i you know what i would freaking love to see in a harry potter film 
a standalone Harry Potter film that's all about Quidditch. Yeah. Because as we get into this podcast, you'll understand how big big of sports buff that I am, how big sports buff John is, um, and I would freaking love to see a standalone film about Quidditch. Yeah, I'd watch that. Yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. Because like, to me, because to me, situation. Who has Airbud on their Mount Rushmore? <laughs> I want, I want, I want Space Jam, but Quidditch. Do not shame me, Kyle. <laughs> um, but, but like, yeah, Space Jam. So, yeah, who has uh, the Looney Tunes let's, on theirs? Let's dive into that for a second. So, who would be your celebrity that joins the Quidditch? The Quidditch team to fight the aliens. Oh, Orlando, Orlando Bloom. Orlando Legolas. <laughs> he's, he's standing on the broom, surfing on surfing yeah. on the broom like Harry does in the first film, but he's just shooting arrows at the at the he, aliens. He's shield surfing on his broom. And the the referee is out there just like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> Directed by Peter Jackson. <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, what I said earlier, and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is gonna be on my team. <laughs> That's your celebrity. That's oh. she, I, we're gonna give her a part. Why not? It's Jamie Lee yeah. Curtis. She deserves your respect. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I, I feel like she'd be. Uh, I forgot what the position's called, but I, I think I can see her as like either. Uh, you remember like the the ref. Like the the Quidditch teacher, like referee in like the movies, uh, I feel like she can like play that role, or you know maybe have her as like one of the goalkeepers. Yeah. Hmm. I think Kevin Hart would be my celebrity pick for a Space Jam that that'd be good. Quidditch crossover. He'd be a seeker, <laughs> <laughs> and he'd just be screaming the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> if you have Kevin Hart, if you have Kevin Hart, you know you have to have The Rock. As well. <laughs> oh my God! Imagine the Rock being a beater. Yeah. Oh, I, I almost have to like switch my you spell. The, rock. <laughs> the Rock's the keeper because all you have to do is sit in front of the goalposts and flex his muscles, and they'll and they'll block, yeah, and they'll block the uh, the quaffle. Oh man, man. Oh God. Um. So, uh, uh has everyone gone through and shared all their picks? Picks or is there really no. I've got no. I've got three and four left. Okay, so let's go. Let's go through uh, really quick, and uh, we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll share the ones that we have that have not been shared yet. So, um, Chris, what are the ones that you've not shared yet? So my number three was the Aliens franchise. Yes, Ooh. yes. Mainly, is no. I just I thought about it. Like it, it's hard for me to like it's. I like it because it's relatively "quote unquote" grounded sci-fi. Like you don't have it's not like Star Wars where you have laser laser swords and and, and an all-powerful force. I mean, it's 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 science and aliens. Um, and, and you know, especially you know, the first one it has it's a it's like a it's almost like a sci-fi horror movie mm-hmm. with, with an and alien that's just hunting you down. And to expand on your on your universe on your universe, Chris, um, the aliens universe also uh, it involves the Predator universe. Yeah, yeah. it does. Yep. When you're a fan of the Predator films, um, that is that is all the same universe. And yep. as, as someone that 
freaking loves Predator. I'm so glad that that's to that those two films that those universes exist in the same in the in the same franchise and the same universe. And With also just giving us, giving us one of the best, most badass female uh, heroes in that movie. Hmm. In the first two. just So it looks like AVP came out in 2004. I wonder if it was writing the excess of the joining of the Freddy versus Jason franchises. It, it probably was, honestly. But, um, but the, um, the universe was established together... Um, before that, actually, uh, because in the second Predator, uh, when the Predator is, you know, hunting down bad guys in New York City, um, uh, the, the cop that's hunting down the Predator, uh, finds his spaceship and he gets inside of his spaceship and finds the Predator's trophy room. And you can see the skull of the alien on the trophy wall. <laughs> really? So it's been established universe long before Alien vs. Predator. Nice. So I, I do have a stipulation on mine. I think they should have cut it off after Aliens. It, it, they could maybe go to, Al- the, to Aliens 3, but they should have kept it... I don't know. After, after Aliens, they started to go downhill, and I didn't like them as much. Gotcha. But um, just uh, Ellen Ripley versus the versus the Alien Queen... In the mech suit, just get away from her, you bitch! I love that scene. Confession time. Haven't seen them. They, really? They're, they're worth a watch. They mm. are worth a watch. I will say that. If you're not too big into horror movies, um, it might be a tough watch, but um, uh, it, it's definitely good. Plus, it's got the amazing Bill Paxton in the first one. Is that his full name? <laughs> the amazing. <laughs> He's like the amazing Spider-Man. The incomparable <laughs> Bill Paxton. <laughs> uh, Wegless is actually in the second one. <laughs> <laughs> Shield surfing on a mech suit. Shield surfing, just. <laughs> uh, uh, Chris, okay, Kristen, what's uh, what finishes off your list? Uh, my fourth one um, is the John Wick universe. <laughs> mm, all right, <laughs> it's, a, it's, oh, it's a wild card. I I'm not sure why I put it above Marvel, but um. Just just watching the the first movie, I found it a refreshing take on action movies. I'm with you there, Chris. Like uh, I was never that big of an action movie guy, but the second I saw John Wick, I was glued to the television. Yeah, so Plus, uh, Keanu Reeves does such a good job at training for these movies. Like we were actually like watch mm-hmm. the clips of him training for these. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's insane. Like mm-hmm. he actually has, he actually pays attention how many bullets he has. He runs out of ammo while he's fighting people. Um, and it's, it, it's not it, just, it's not just a, a, a roided out superhero that has superpowers. I mean, he, you can he tell he has work. training, and he, the, yeah, he, he takes hits by grunts. Uh, the it, attention to detail they have in, in the kills is amazing. So, like, so if, if you go back and watch that film enough, you can always see. That he does, he does, he does a triple tap. He does, he does two shots to the body, one to the head. Yep. If he can, like if he, if it's not possible to do it, but he always makes sure he he always makes sure he puts them down, which is the best part. And yeah, if he's not using a pencil, he makes sure it's uh, that triple tap. Yeah, he kills people with books. He 
slapped a horse's ass and killed someone with the horse's kick. I mean, oh, that I, <laughs> I lost it's it. It's just <laughs> and and the the war with like the continental and it, man. Okay, who has not uh, shared all theirs either? Uh, the rest of theirs either. Me, uh, Luke. Go ahead and share yours. Well, my last entry was the Mummy franchise. Oh man! <laughs> nice. I just interesting. Infinitely enjoyable to me. I even grew up third, watching even the third film. Yeah. Okay. Dude, I I I don't know. I, there's just something about it. I grew up watching Indiana Jones, but it never quite landed for me. And the Mummy was just fun mm-hmm. and engaging and Brendan Fraser oh, and Sarah, Sarah or Rachel Weiss. So, yeah. It's just good stuff. And the rock is in it. So <laughs> yep. I, I mean, it's a good universe. All the drums are like the rocks in it, but yeah, he's the freaking scorpion King. <laughs> yes, he is. And I mean that addition as well. I mean, you have the mummy franchise and I consider the scorpion King as part of that. Yeah, just, just so, don't have any of the sequels of the Scorpion King included. Oh no, <laughs> we, we I'm don't. Sorry, talk you have to. No, <laughs> the, now the Scorpion King kind of went like an Expendables route, where which action star can we get to yeah. be the Scorpion King this time? But I mean, it's still pretty fun. Gotcha. So. I'm alright with that. Uh, John, you have one more on your list. I have one more, and this is the King of Monsters. It's Godzilla. A night. I mean, I'm not saying that the films are amazing, but the universe itself, the just plethora of monsters at the disposal Mm. of the universe is unseen from anything else. Yeah. So so, uh, with that, we'll get into our next segment called the I still have one. Oh, you got, oh, you got, oh, you got, okay, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. I feel so forgotten right now. You know, I, I don't know if I want to do the rest of this podcast. I, I thought Nick and I were such. Good oh, pals. hold up, hold up, guys! Can you hear that? It it's it's kind of like a high pitch. It might be the world's smallest violin. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> so uh, the last head on my Mount Rushmore is uh, the Matrix universe. Oh, nice. And uh, the reason I picked the Matrix is because, you know, they're living in this simulation that's the 90s. Like, sign me up. You know, yeah. I, I want to live in, like, the constant 90s. Uh, Hell yeah. Ugh, yeah. Plus, like, uh, you know, you can, like, download uh, all, like, this information and these abilities. It's like, all right, today I'm going to download uh, how to wail on the guitar and do a kickflip. <laughs> so I don't care if my body's being used to like power a bunch of robots. You guys go ahead. I got the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to play. I know how to play Wonderwall. <laughs> I I don't care that I'm a human battery. I can do kickflips. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm playing Tony Hawk with the cheat codes on right now. Go ahead. I ain't using my body. <laughs> All right. So with that, we're gonna get into our next segment called the fifth president which would be your honorable mention uh who just eked out your top four and to kind of hit on what john said uh that eked out of my top four is the is the monster burst from godzilla i am a huge godzilla nerd i absolutely love the film franchise at one point i owned 
almost every single VHS of the old Japanese Godzilla movies. Very nice. And mm. and this the expand the expansion on this film franchise uh, over the years. This is this one. If we're talking about if we're talking about age, this one is the oldest one on all of our lists uh, because the first Godzilla film came out in 1952. I thought it was four. I think you're right. You should guys sit like fight. Them that one. <laughs> Let them fight. You are correct. You are correct. Uh, John, it was 1954. So that means I and, win, right? Yeah, you win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, John. You now get to do the editing. <laughs> you win, buddy. It. The reason why it didn't make my top four uh, is is just it's it's culturally impactful, but you don't see you see more more of those uh, references to the other films I mentioned on my list um, than you do Godzilla, and I I wish there were more Godzilla references and things, but there aren't, um, and I this was just one of my. This is one of the, the film franchises that I obsessed over because um, when I was in the hospital for my operations when I was younger, this is literally all I would watch is I would watch one, then watch another, then watch another. Mm-hmm. But we won't talk about the uh, the American remake, the Zilla one. That one's just with Matthew Broderick. That one's really bad. That movie doesn't exist. Okay. Um, Chris, you want to give your honorable mention? So my honorable mention has actually been mentioned already. Uh, it's the Marvel, the MCU universe. Um, for me specifically, the the world around Asgard. Um, so I I love the. It's it's kind of a to, to me it's like a fusion of the sci-fi and fantasy. I mean, you have they're they're walking around with with swords and magic hammers, but they also have just crazy technology well in the in the film thor says you know you know this is your world we have science in my world and there and you have science and magic he goes well i come from a world where they're one and the same yeah and i i just love the fusion of those two things and all the references to north norse mythology and the dark elves um i don't know i just like all that i agree with you there chris i definitely uh I definitely just like Norse mythology as well, and I've always appreciated the addition of uh, Asgard in those mm-hmm. worlds. Yeah. Kyle, you want to give your honorable mention? Uh, for my honorable mention, I went uh, Kevin Smith's Jay and Silent Bob universe. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just, I, I've always enjoyed it. It's just stupid, goofy humor. And Alanis Morissette is the god in that universe. Like, I rest my case. She's a god in this universe too. Dog, you know, Dogma. It. Dogma is an excellent film, and I and I it's 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 one of the it's one of my favorite in the Jam by Silent Bob um, universe, the franchise, and it's it, that's a that's a great honorable mention. Kyle. I love that one. I hate it though, Nick. Uh, Dogma is probably the best one out of that. My favorite part of that movie is when uh, they're on the train. And Kevin Smith, to, you know, throws like Matt Damon off the train. There's that guy sitting there staring at him, and he just like looks out, looks out the door, looks back at him, and this goes, no ticket. 
<laughs> and that's um and does anybody know whether what that's referencing no uh that is referencing uh indiana jones and the last crusade when um uh they're him and sean connery are are on the blimp and um uh they're and uh they get found by the nazis but then uh indy throws the nazi off the blimp and everyone's watching him do this and he goes no ticket, and they all all the Germans raise up their tickets so they don't get punched and thrown off the off the blimp. Well, that's what's <laughs> so fun about uh, Kevin Smith's movies is there's so much uh, just subtle references to uh, just nerd culture in general, just comic books, you know, Lucas Art stuff. You know, if it's some sort of uh, nerd culture, there's probably a reference in it. Hell, the man owns a comic book store. Mm, yeah. yeah. Uh, Luke, do you want to give your honorable mention? Well, I cheated. Uh, I I couldn't pick between two things. Uh, My first one would be The Matrix. Nice. Uh, Just because of the impact it's had on the other things that I enjoy. I mean, The Matrix is huge. Uh, And that slicked back hair, I don't know. Just wet slicked back hair was so 90s. And (laughs) I don't know why, but I like it. Uh, and then the other one that I couldn't choose between was Bill and Ted universe. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, uh, I mean, I, I'm with you there, Luke, like the Bill and Ted universe where like, you know, their band is so good that it like creates world peace. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it, which I'm hoping, I'm hoping the, the resurface of the, uh, the, cause they're doing a new, a brand new movie. Oh yeah, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's good. Mm-hmm. You and me both, buddy. Like as a metalhead, I love those movies. Like I think they're so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. those are mine. Just just enjoyable things. Mm-hmm. And John, what is your honorable mention? So, like Luke, I have two: one serious, one not so much. The serious one, X Men. Um, <laughs> oh. The only reason I didn't include it is because there is rumor, and granted this is rumor I read like two and a half years ago, that Marvel will eventually somehow link the Marvel Universe and the X-Men Universe. Potentially oh, to become one. I was really worried that Wolverine movie wouldn't make it into the MCU. Uh. <laughs> what about wait, the wait, Deadpool wait. movie, Kyle? <laughs> Wolverine movie. Which Wolverine movie? Are you talking about Logan or are you talking about Wolverine? You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Wolverine Origins. The one we don't talk about. Okay. Go ahead, John. And then the jokey one. Shrek. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, And hold on. To defend this a little bit more, not only do you have, you know, everything Shrek's introduced, but he's tied into most fairy tales. Mm-hmm. There is so much more content behind everything that is in the Shrek universe. Hmm. You know, I, I'm not a little ashamed of myself for not including Shrek now. <laughs> you got you to include the SCU, man. <laughs> <laughs> Canonical Smash Mouth. Oh, so then you guys cheated a little bit and did um and did uh, uh honorable mentions like two honorable mentions. I'm gonna throw in my last one here. Because I was really debating on it, like, super hard. Mm-hmm. But the Tremors universe. Ooh. Ooh. I like it. I nice. like it a lot. Yep. Now, here's my reasoning. It is a great... Is a, the, the first three films, I'm not counting 
I'm not counting the, there's two films made recently. I'm not counting those because they completely changed how, what the Graboids look like and everything. So I'm just going off the first three. <laughs> as, as, as culturally impactful, not very culturally impactful, but if you think about like, if you think about all the research you have to do on Precambrian, Precambrian life forms and the, the creation of these creatures and how they work and, you know, the, the evolution style that they have to go through. Uh, it's just a good lore built universe. And, and the, the fact that they put these, these pre these fake pre life forms into real life situations is just the, the, the greatest. And I absolutely love that from franchise. And it's got a direct connection to Kevin Bacon. So it's another positive it for it. It does. Well, since you guys got an extra one, can I have an extra one? No, yeah, of course. We'll get one more. We'll get, we'll, go ahead. Go ahead. The, we got a little bit of time. Left. The Super Mario Brothers movies. With that, I think we're going to end the episode here. Uh, let's see here. So, um, I want to thank everyone for listening to the Money Another Podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it and be looking out for our next episode coming out here in the near future. Uh, we may tweak a few things about the show here and there uh, since the, this is the first time doing anything like this. Um, a few shout-outs I need to give. Um, I need to give a shout-out to uh, TexAg70 on Discord. They did a lot to help promote the show. Uh, the link to their Texas A&M Discord is in the description. So if you're a fellow, Ag- a fellow Aggie like they are, uh, go join their Discord. Also, shout-out to Kiwi Sotopop, who made the artwork cover for uh, the show. You can find them at Fiverr.com. Their link is in the description. Uh, Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time. Go Cyclones.